My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. And welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Bryce Coach. For a long time, Bryce Coach and his friends in Winnipeg regularly liked to go to what you might variously describe as raves, music festivals, parties, and other sorts of musical events. As he got a little older and was trying to figure out what kind of work he wanted to do, he eventually ended up in nursing, and while he was studying to become a nurse, he was still going to parties. Of course, it has been true as long as human beings have been gathering together to enjoy music that some of the people thus gathered sometimes enhance the experience by taking various substances. And when other people who went to the same events as Coach found out that he was doing a nursing degree, they started to ask him questions. What will it do if I take such and such an amount of this substance? What can I do to make it a little safer for myself to take that substance? What happens if I take this thing and that thing together? And so on. Those experiences started to connect to a concept that he had heard about through his nursing education, but that was never really explored in the detail that he wanted. And that is harm reduction he realized there was a role for someone with his knowledge and training in those very spaces that he had been in for years to dispel misinformation, to answer questions, to respond to overdoses, and to just help people figure out how they could be safer. And so he founded a program with some of his friends from nursing school called Project Safe Audience to try and address some of those things. At its most basic, harm reduction is the use of practical, evidence-based approaches to meet people where they're at and reduce the risks and potential harms of particular behaviors. It emerged from the social justice struggles of drug users and their allies. It can, for example, mean providing intravenous drug users with clean needles to reduce the risk of hepatitis and HIV transmission. It can mean making naloxone overdose kits and training on how to use them widely available. It can mean making testing easily available so that people can know exactly what's in what they're about to take. And it can mean struggling for larger systemic fixes that would change the laws and policies that contribute to the harms that drug users and other marginalized people face. In his work as a registered nurse in an emergency room and more recently for a public health unit, Coach quickly realized that there are a lot of contexts where harm reduction practices are relevant to nursing. When he heard about a new organization called the Harm Reduction Nurses Association, he quickly signed up. The association was founded two or three years ago by Mary Lou Gagnon, who is currently its president. Already it has membership across the country, and it recently received its official Canadian Nurses Association designation as a nursing specialty. Coach is the representative on the board of directors of the Harm Reduction Nurses Association for the central region of the country. The association aims to be a way for nurses and others working in the area of harm reduction to share knowledge, to build skills, and to connect with one another. To that end, they host events, talks, and workshops, and they've been lobbying for a greater inclusion of harm reduction-related training in nursing education. And they do other kinds of advocacy work as well, depending on the needs in different regions of the country. Coach, for instance, has been working for a better drug alert system in Manitoba. Currently, to get drugs tested for toxic impurities in Manitoba can take months, 
In the context of ongoing deaths related to unsafe drug supplies, the hope is to establish a program like those already present in some other provinces which allow people to have drugs tested while they wait. Nurses in Ontario are involved in advocacy to support overdose prevention sites, while in BC they are advocating for a safer drug supply and for decriminalization. I speak with Coach about nursing, about harm reduction, about Project Safe Audience, and about the Harm Reduction Nurses Association. My name is Bryce Coach. I'm a registered nurse in Manitoba. I like to do a lot of harm reduction stuff around Manitoba. I run my own harm reduction program called Project Safe Audience, and I also work in the field of harm reduction within the health authority here in Winnipeg. In addition to that, I'm a board member on the Harm Reduction Nurses Association. So this is a Canada-wide nursing association that recognizes the work that nurses do in harm reduction and tries to promote harm reduction practices across Canada. We have different members all across Canada and different board members in each province who work with people on promoting harm reduction in educational practice as well as policies within different health groups. I originally went to school to become a guy who works in IT. I realized I couldn't sit behind a computer for my whole entire life, just talking to people on the phone. So I decided to go back to school and go into paramedics. I did my paramedics training and I did that briefly for a couple months. And then due to some medical stuff in my background, I wasn't able to get a license to drive the ambulance. So I was like, well, I don't want my medical training to end here. So I looked for other places and found nursing. So I went to U of M and got my four-year nursing degree in there. And during that nursing program, I started to discover what harm reduction is and how it interested me. In about the middle of nursing school, so probably about two, two and a half years in, I started a program called Project Safe Audience. It's a harm reduction program that targets high-risk behaviors in the rave or after-hours music communities. So we go to these music festivals, we go to these underground parties, we'll set up a booth, we'll have drug checking or drug testing there so people can bring their subs to us and we can tell them what's in it. We would also give out safer supplies so people who are using substances internasally can have supplies that is their own and they don't have to worry about transmission of hepatitis. And we'll offer other services like safer sex supplies and some mental health crisis intervention. So starting a program just sort of got me a little bit of a, a look into what harm reduction can offer and then I kind of took that and ran with that. I joined the Harm Reduction Nurses Association to enhance my skills with harm reduction as well as to promote harm reduction. Since then, I've been able to talk with many organizations to help them promote harm reduction within their practice and also change policies within organizations that I work within to take on better harm reduction roles because really, as a society, we've been treating substances as sort of like an addiction model, but really there needs to be some sort of middle ground between no treatment and addictions treatment. There needs to be some like harm reduction there so that when people are ready to make the change and not use substances anymore, they don't have any of the negative health consequences associated with that. That's where I think harm reduction comes in. It can really help people who aren't ready to stop using the substance, but still work towards being safe. So what is harm reduction and why do you think it's important, particularly when it comes to nursing practice? Harm reduction, there's usually a lot of models that outline what harm reduction is, but I kind of like to the whole, like, keep it simple when it comes to harm reduction. It's taking something that we know to be harmful, such as sometimes injecting substances or uh, using substances and reducing the harms associated with it. An example I can give is when people use substances intravenously or use it into a vein. To practice harm reduction when it comes to using substances intravenously, you want to use clean needles, clean supplies, so that you can't transmit hepatitis C or HIV. A lot of people who use substances want to know how to use these substances safer. So that's where harm reduction comes in there. And we can offer teaching about how you can mitigate some of those risks. One of the things that I always like to talk about is around cannabis legalization. For the longest time, one of the biggest risks associated with cannabis was just getting caught with cannabis. 
But now that cannabis legalization has come on through, it's kind of reduced some of the harms of consuming cannabis because now it's legalized and you don't have to worry about getting arrested for a substance. And that can be seen about a lot of other substances that are on the market. A lot of these substances, if you take the right sort of steps, you can reduce a lot of the harms associated with it. And the biggest harm that really comes to these substances a lot of the time is getting arrested with these substances. So harm reduction is this ideology where you focus on the individual and how they want to better improve their lives. And it's all patient-centered. They are the ones who are the experts around harm reduction. They're the ones who know a lot of the information around it. And we just try to give information from a nursing lens to help them better take harm reduction practices and safer approaches to using these substances. Go into a bit more detail about Project Safe Audience. Me and my friends have been going to parties for many years, and there was lots of people at these events who were using substances, but they were using it in sort of an unsafe way. And that was something I learned over time with going through nursing school is just how people consume their substances, at what rates they consume the substance, and uh, what amounts that they consume the substance can actually affect if the substance can be taken safe or not. So I went to a lot of these parties and people, because they knew I was in nursing school, were starting to ask me questions. It's like, hey, what happens if I take this drug and this drug together? What happens if I take this amount of this substance? And how can I better make this substance safer for myself? So I started researching and looking into all those sort of questions and came to some conclusions with that. And what I found overall is that there was a lot of misinformation happening within the race community. People were thinking the dosages of MDMA were much higher than what would actually be considered a safer dose. People were combining substances that might be considered pretty risky to combine, like combining benzodiazepines and alcohol together. And not a lot of people had any idea what Narcan was or Naloxone. So I noticed that there was a need within the population, and I wanted to do my best to address that. So I made that program, Project Safe Audience, to sort of address the needs of the rave community, because there's a lot of people who wanted information about harm reduction, but they just didn't really know where to go. So I felt I would be a good person to be able to provide that information. What other harm reduction groups exist in the Manitoba context? There's the Manitoba Harm Reduction Network. So this is a network of different sites across Manitoba that help promote harm reduction work. They have different peer workers in a couple of the different cities in Manitoba, such as Brandon and Thompson, where they try to promote harm reduction practices within those areas. Sadly, at the moment, there's not a whole lot of harm reduction work done outside of Winnipeg within Manitoba. So they do a lot of really good work around working with clients to be able to access safe supplies or to access care if they use substances, as well as some advocacy work. We're just currently in the National Substance Use Awareness Week. And so they're doing a lot of presentations and a lot of work with other organizations to try to bring this issue forward outside of Winnipeg. They're just recently moving forward on a peer-based drug checking platform. So essentially, they're giving peers or other people who use substances the ability to test other people's drugs and then let them out in the community so that they could test their own friend's supply as well as make sure they're safe in their own community. They also host presentations on Overdose Awareness Day, and they also do Narcan training for a lot of clients as well. So they're really doing a lot of good work in the rural climate of Manitoba when it comes to having safer substance use available. And is there a drug user activist community in Winnipeg the way there is in some other cities? Yes, there is, but to a much lesser extent. Because we live in a bit of a conservative province, people who use substances sometimes feel nervous about speaking out about their substance use or talking about issues that pertain to them. So there are groups like the Manitoba Harm Reduction Network. They have a lot of peer support groups all across Manitoba. And within some of the health authorities, there's also harm reduction-focused organizations like Healthy Sexuality and Harm Reduction with the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority. And beside that, we also have MANDU, which is like the Manitoba Association for People Who Use Substances. 
They have a pretty good support group when it comes to people who use substances here. But compared to other provinces like BC, Manitoba is a bit slower on the uptake when it comes to harm reduction. And what does the Harm Reduction Nurses Association do? The Harm Reduction Nurses Association was started by Elu Gangaw. She's this great harm reduction nurse that saw that a lot of nurses were doing a lot of work in harm reduction, and she wanted to support those nurses in providing harm reduction skills. The Harm Reduction Nurses Association has been going on for, I believe, two to three years so far, and we just recently got our Canadian Nursing Association designation as a nursing specialty. So harm reduction is classified as a nursing specialty now within our greater community. So yeah, she just wanted to connect everyone and have this knowledge exchange because it looks like a lot of nurses were doing harm reduction across Canada, but none of us were really talking to each other about what we've learned and how we can apply our skills towards this population. It helped connect us all and set up different ways that we can meet with each other and discuss harm reduction and get that to our patients. So the Harm Reduction Nurse Association holds talks on harm reduction and how nurses can do that and different skills that nurses need to be able to provide harm reduction to their clients. In addition to that, the Harm Reduction Nurses Association advocates for increased education around harm reduction. So we just released a position paper stating that harm reduction practices should be a key part of nursing education. I know when I went through nursing school, I had some education around harm reduction, but it never was really a focused talk. And that's something new nurses need to learn because really these harm reduction practices can be applied to any sort of field of nursing you go to. I currently work in public health, but before then I worked in the emergency room. I found a lot of the stuff I learned around harm reduction could be very well applied to the emergency room. And that can go with, you know, if you're working on a cardiac floor, if you're working in, you know, like post-op floor, harm reduction can be applied to any of those places because you're always going to find people who use substances in those nursing specialties. Tell me a bit more about the different roles that nurses can play in terms of the overall picture of harm reduction. One of the great roles that nurses can play within harm reduction is working at safer consumption sites. Because nursing has a lot of trust built into it, a lot of clients really feel trusting towards nurses that work in safe consumption sites. So nurses have a lot of skills in being able to find veins, how to inject substances, and also an overdose response. There's also the educational importance of it as well. Nurses have a good medical background and we have that jack-of-all-trades sort of training. So we can offer a lot of advice when it comes to different substances and how to use them more responsibly. In addition to that, any nurses who work with addictions treatment, harm reduction can be a part of that as well. Most of the time in addictions treatment, at least in Manitoba, it requires that people not use substances during the treatment. But I feel that harm reduction could definitely play a part in that because it allows people, if they are not ready to stop using the substance completely, harm reduction can help reduce some of the harms associated with that. So some of the nurses working within the addictions treatment program can find harm reduction information quite useful in talking with their clients. How is the Harm Reduction Nurses Association structured and how does it operate? We have board members that represent each part of Canada and will work in each of those areas of Canada. So I am the board member for the Prairie Region, so Manitoba, Saskatchewan, as well as the Northern Territories. Essentially for a day-to-day, because this is a volunteer organization, it's mainly responding to a lot of emails for people requesting harm reduction information, connecting them with other people in their area who have also disclosed that they do harm reduction practices. So I have a couple people in Brandon who are nurses who are looking to start a harm reduction program there. So I've connected them with some of the organizations here in Winnipeg to help them around a little bit to understand more of what's going on in Manitoba in regards to harm reduction. 
And the other regional representatives have similar tasks. They do outreach into the community there and talk with whoever is listening to be able to help provide harm reduction for them. In addition to that, we have a couple of upper board positions like treasurer and director. And with those ones, it's just sort of the larger picture sort of stuff. So working on policy development and releasing policy statements that promote harm reduction nursing. You mentioned that one area of work for the association is trying to get more harm reduction content into nursing education. What kinds of changes in that area would you like to see? When I went through nursing school, there was really no discussion around using substances safer. It was talking mainly about that we need to get people off of these substances, that these substances don't fit within sort of this healthy model of a client, that there's no way to use these substances safer. And that's just not the case. There are ways to use substances in a safer manner. So that was something I definitely missed within my nursing education. And that's something the harm reduction nurses want to go forward with offering education to new nurses that substances can be taken in a safer manner. You just need to have some good teachings for that. Also talks around looking at your own practices and the harms that you're doing to your clients based on your own practices. Like I mentioned before, a lot of addictions programs require 100% abstinence from substance use to actually access those programs. So teaching nurses that, you know, that might not be the best care for the client if they use a substance and they get kicked out of the program. Other sort of things we are trying to advocate as well is safer injection practices. A lot of nurses know how to, you know, clean a wound and clean a injection site to give a substance to a client, but we also should be teaching our clients how to do that as well. So giving nurses the skills to teach clients how to use intravenous substances safer can go a long way in some harm reduction learning. Another thing from the nursing education side is just being able to empower nurses to feel comfortable discussing these substances with the clients. A lot of the times, at least in nursing school that I went through, I don't think I was given really the skills to be able to discuss substance use with our clients. We never really had that conversation in classes, and we were just told to sort of ignore it going through there, and that's not something that we as nurses would be addressing. But that does fit within the nursing scope to be able to discuss substance use with the clients. Have you heard anything in response to your advocacy work in this area from the various institutions that provide nursing education? One of the universities in Manitoba has reached out to me to be able to discuss how their university can better support nurses to take on a harm reduction stance. And the university I graduated from as well also reached out to me as well, trying to ask about how they can better support nurses to take on the harm reduction stance. Having about that and having a conversation around harm reduction, offering them educational resources to pass on to their clients, meeting with some of the educators around some of the principles of harm reduction and how that can be incorporated into all levels of practice for nursing. What are the conversations like within the profession around harm reduction? It's usually a mixed bag talking to some nurses. Some of them are very supportive of the idea of harm reduction, and some of them still believe that it's just like, you know, making people use substances. But for the most part, a lot of the nurses that I work with, they see how it's at least client-centered and people-focused. So you're working with the needs of the clients, not really what we think is best in the client, but what the client thinks is best for them. So I know in my graduating class, it was nice that a decent amount of people were supportive of harm reduction. But I know in my other nursing jobs that I've had previously, it's been a bit of a struggle when it comes to explaining harm reduction to some people. And that's just because of this old idea of addictions only treatment when it comes to substance use, that there is sort of no positive benefits for people who use substances. And so it's just sort of working with people to understand that harm reduction is something that we do in our every day-to-day practice. So an example I usually give to other nurses is I let them know that like, you are taking harm reduction. If you don't drink and drive, you're taking a harm reduction stance. So a lot of these nurses are already doing harm reduction things. They just don't realize that's what they're doing. 
So that's one way I sort of breach that barrier for people who don't really want to take on a harm reduction stance. Also discussing the benefits that the clients can have. They have more control over their health. They have more control of what goes into their body. And they have less risks of getting some bloodborne infections like hepatitis C or HIV. And when you're having those conversations with nurses or even with members of the public, what are some of the key pieces of evidence that you can point to that this approach really does reduce harm? One of the best research topic on this is around safer injection programs. Cities that distribute safer injection supplies like needles and all the other supplies that come with it show lower rates of HIV and hepatitis C in these bloodborne infections. So having these meal distribution programs have a pretty positive health outcome when it comes to clients. And I know within our province, one of the numbers that I sort of use is in our province, we've distributed something like 2.2 million needles in the last year or so. If we prevent at least like two to three HIV infection, we essentially pay for the whole entire program. So this program to be financially beneficial just needs to prevent like three or four new diagnoses of HIV and you essentially save the healthcare system enough money to pay for the whole entire program. Other ones, one thing that they're showing in BC, they found since the naloxone distributing program has started taking off the ground and moving forward, they're noticing less fatal overdoses. So people are still overdosing on substances, but they're noticing less fatal overdoses because of Narcan being easily accessible for people to use. Beyond not being taught enough about it, what are some of the other barriers that nurses run into when it comes to being able to implement harm reduction practices in the various contexts in which they work? Program policies. The policies that the nurses have to agree to when they join the organization can put a lot of barriers on offering full education and full training when it comes to harm reduction. In the previous job that I had, it was frowned upon to talk to people about substances from a more client-centered lens. We were told that you are to discuss the clients about trying to help them get addictions treatment, and that's where the conversation should go. So organizational policies are definitely a big barrier when it comes to providing harm reduction to our clients. Also, the political climate can put a lot of barriers around providing harm reduction resources. I know in our political climate here in Manitoba, a lot of nurses feel restricted being able to offer harm reduction skills because sort of the politics isn't really in agreement with harm reduction. They're mainly focused around the addiction treatment side of things. So that can definitely be some barriers for nurses to be able to provide this needed health service. What other kinds of advocacy work does the Harm Reduction Nurses Association do? Within my province, one thing that we've been advocating for is for a drug alert system. So right now in Manitoba, for there to be a drug alert or a release that there's a toxic supply of substances going around, the chemical itself has to be sent to our main lab, and then that has to get tested there, and then we get our results about three to four months later down the road. So if someone is selling something that is quite toxic in the supply, that three-month waiting period for the substance can come back and mean the difference between like a couple deaths there. What I've been advocating a lot for within our province is to have a standardized drug checking program. Out in BC and Ontario and Alberta, they already have these drug checking programs so people can bring their substances to a lab or to a center. That substance can be tested and then they can get the results right there. They don't need that sort of long gap in between. So that's something I've been personally advocating for as well. I know the Ontario Regional Representative has been advocating a lot for some of the overdose prevention sites that are popping up in Ontario. A lot of them are starting to experience funding being cut. So she's been working with them to try to facilitate some of the funding and try to make sure those places stay funding. Because those overdose prevention sites have quite a lot of benefit and it's really uh, kind of risky to be cutting the funding for those things. In addition to that, a couple of the nurses in BC have been advocating for safe supply. 
right now, a lot of the overdoses that we are experiencing all across Canada are related to this volatile supply. We don't really know where these substances are coming from. We don't really know what's going on with them. And when people have a safe supply of substances, they kind of cut out that risk of overdose or having a fatality due to this volatile drug supply. So across Canada, these nurses are trying to advocate for more harm reduction practices in all levels of their lives. What do the nuts and bolts of that advocacy work look like? It can mean anything from sitting down with politicians to working on grant proposals to going to work group meetings to participating in like sit-ins and stuff like that or talking to the media about harm reduction issues that they find important in that area. It's a lot of hard work to try to get the voice out. And it's nice to have something like the Harm Reduction Nurses Association backing that because it kind of gives a bit of credibility to what we're saying. We've recently put out a grant proposal to try to get some drug checking equipment in Manitoba. We've also met with some of the people at the Health Authority as well as other support groups like the Manitoba Harm Reduction Network to get them all hooked up together so that we all can be on the same page if the proposal goes forward talking with you know, policy developers around policies to dealing with volatile substances if we ever get a hold of one of those, and to have easier access for everyone as well. So talking with some of our partners up in the northern community so that they can have access to this drug checking equipment as well, and that there's a place that they can get their substances tested as well. And with the new year fast approaching, what do you see coming up for Project Safe Audience in 2020? Over time, what we want to do is we want to be able to operate at more larger music festivals and have more work at the policy level stuff. At this point, we have organizations that are reaching out to us to talk to us about their own organizational policies around substance use. We would love to be able to work with more organizations so that they can take a stronger harm reduction stance. We're also looking to do more workshop building and empowerment within the substance using community. So people who we work with in the rave community, we want to be able to give them the skills to pass on to other people to take on better harm reduction stances. Going forward, we'd love to be able to offer drug checking at a more universal level. Right now, we can only really offer it to our population that go to raves or music festivals. And I think this technology should be available for anyone who uses substances, not for just the people who are in the rave community. And what about the Harm Reduction Nurses Association? What does the future hold for that organization? What I would love to see is the Harm Reduction Nurses Association be sort of that leading voice when it comes to harm reduction in the medical field. Like I mentioned before, nurses are well situated to be able to offer harm reduction teaching because of our good connections with clients as well as that good medical background as well. I want to have nurses have the skills to be able to offer harm reduction teachings and practices for their clients and beyond. So I really foresee that the Harm Reduction Nurses Association will be that sort of unifying body within the medical field to offer harm reduction services as well. Long term, moving forward, it would be great to have the Harm Reduction Nurses Association be brought to the table more about talking about organizational harm reduction policies and being able to drive nursing practice forward towards harm reduction practice. Like I mentioned before, we have that uh, position statement on education for nurses to receive around harm reduction. Policies like that that can help give nurses the tools they need to be able to be the leaders when it comes to harm reduction. You have been listening to my interview with Bryce Coach of Project Safe Audience and the Harm Reduction Nurses Association. To learn more about the Harm Reduction Nurses Association, go to hrna-aiirm.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.
On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.